Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Podcast. My name is Michaela, and I'm here with my brother Ben and my dad Steve. I know it's been a while since we've done one of these movie reviews with the three of us. I think for the past several months. How long has it been, Ben? It's been a while. At least six months. Yeah, for the past several months, it's been dad doing interviews and various uh, movie discussions with Alistair and some other folks. So we're happy to be back reviewing a movie. The last time we rolled the die, Ben got to pick and he picked a musical and he picked Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog and uh, we finally watched it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We finally did and this is the first time all three of us are together since episode 67 and this is going to be like 40 some odd episodes later. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. So, Ben, since you won the die roll, do you want to read the synopsis of the movie? Sure. As a quick synopsis for Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, the story follows Dr. Horrible, who is an inspiring supervillain, as he attempts to commit a crime that's worthy enough to get him into the evil league of evil, run primarily by its head, Bad Horse, and he's confronted with issues from his superhero nemesis, Captain Hammer, who has a mutual love interest with him, Penny. And as chaos ensues and his plans become more and more outlandish and evil, the movie progresses. And Ben, why did you pick this musical? musical, Why did you pick this one? Because Dr. Harwell's sing-along blog is one of my favorite musicals. And honestly, I really wanted to pick Commentary the Musical, which is the commentary... In the bonus features for the DVD version of Dr. Harville's sing-along blog. But I knew no one would know what that is. So <laughs> instead, I picked Dr. Harville's sing-along blog. I yeah. highly recommend Commentary the Musical as well. Yes. So for those of you who have no idea what Commentary the Musical is, if you have the DVD of Dr. Harville's sing-along blog and you go to the special features where they have like the normal commentary... If you click on Commentary of the Musical, it then plays the whole length of the mu- movie, but it's the cast performing a second musical. That's the commentary of why they made Dr. Harbaugh's sing-along blog and different things that happened through it. And it's amazing. It's, it's extremely funny, especially all of Nathan's songs. Hey, ladies. Sit down and relax. Mm. I got a story to tell. <laughs> Every night I lay awake with sorrow in my chest. I think of NPH and wonder, is he getting rest? Does he know each second he's only second best? Toss him in his bed, what's he wearing dread? I'm better, better than me here in so many ways. It's almost unreal. Oh, sure, he can sing and Oh, yes. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog also stars Neil Patrick Harris, Nathan Fillion, and Felicia Day as the three principal cast members. Yes. Neil Patrick Harris plays Dr. Horrible, um, who his alter ego is Billy. Yes, Um, just Billy. Yes, just Billy. I don't think I ever said his last name, but it's Billy. Doesn't need one. Um, And then... Uh, Captain Hammer is played by Nathan Fillion, and Felicia Day plays Penny. Yes, who works with the homeless and doesn't eat meat. Yes, and goes to the 
laundromat where she connects with Billy over Froyo. Eden with sporks. Yes. So it's kind of obvious that Ben and I really like Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Um, we've watched it several times um, over the years. Uh, Jet, what what was something that you enjoyed about watching Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? If anything. If anything. You guys make it sound <laughs> like I have a terrible time with this. I've seen this movie before. Movie, and I'm using air quotes with this because it's 42 minutes. It's, it was originally an internet blog, but um, we saw it um, years ago. I think I was the one that got in the house from Netflix or something like that back when it was on DVD years and years ago, and we now own it on Blu-ray. So, because I love I love Neil Patrick Harris, and you know him playing the title character, him singing, him doing his thing. That's the plan. Rule the world, you and me. Any day, love your hair. What? No, I, I, I love the air. <laughs> anyway, with my freeze ray, I will stop. It can do no wrong, in my mind. So, what do I like best about Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Is Dr. Horrible, because he has a PhD in horribleness. And he is wonderful. I can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> also, oh. to be clear, it's not from a blog. It was a three-part web series that was later combined into a movie. Just, just to be specific as to the actual origins of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Okay. But I'm just saying this, that's the best part. And the songs are really good. I, I just enjoy it. Um, sad ending. Uh, you know, it, it, it was Depends mixed. on your viewpoint. That is true. I look at it as a sad ending. And I like movies more of a happy ending for repeat value. So that's why I haven't watched it as often as you guys do. I do like listening to the songs. Um, especially when the two of them, Ben and Michaela, are both singing the songs. It's kind of cool, you know, so I just do it. They really enjoy when I do not, I repeat, do not sing the songs. <laughs> it's almost impossible to get Michaela to stop singing the songs that she likes. It's also almost impossible to get her to sing the songs she doesn't like. Yeah. That's, that's pretty true. Yeah. Michaela, what are some things you liked about the blog? So... I, I think the first time I watched Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog was back in high school or maybe middle school, but I think definitely high school. Um, and I just thought it was really cool with all the different musical numbers and um, just the whole kind of concept of that he's like vlogging this whole journey into becoming a part of the evil League of Evil and vlogging is now much more a common part of our culture right now with there's like a lot of vloggers and stuff on YouTube and everything and like TikTok and all that kind of stuff. And so this, I think, was kind of like back before that was really getting popular. And so it's kind of like a foreshadow of what came anyway, but it's it's so really cool. And I just love that every time like... Billy gets a message from Bad Horse. It's the three Wheaton brothers dressed up as cowboys. 
and they just pop into the screen and they're like, bad horse, bad horse, bad horse, he's bad. The evil league of evil is watching, so beware. The brain that you receive will be your last, we swear. So make the bad horse gleeful or he'll make you his mare. You're saddled up, there's no recourse. Sign bad horse. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. It was written and directed by a combination of Joss, Jed, I forgot the Zach, Zach Whedon, and I want to say there was another writer. Yes, there was Ben. What was her yes. name? Can you, can you give us her name? Oh, I'm going to try to pronounce it. You, you give it this to me because I'm the butcher of names. Uh, Marisa. Tan, Tankaran, Tankarine. Good God! I'll let you look at it, Michaela. But I just butchered it. I'm sure this poor person is never going to be happy with the way I pronounce that name. Marissa Tacheron. Yeah, not entirely sure. I'm sorry that we butchered your name. We tried our best. We're confident in the first half. <laughs> um. Yes. So it was written and directed by them. And They're all in it too. Yes, they all appear in it at different times. Um, it was very, it was a very fun musical. A lot of it was, I, I found it surprising just to have Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion and Felicia Day all in a web series at the same time. Now, I guess that wouldn't be super strange for Felicia Day because she did several web series and she was the creator of the guild, if I'm not mistaken which was uh, a series on Microsoft and YouTube platforms and was very successful and was one of, one of the earlier web series that was successful. And so I guess web series were her thing, but I found it unusual to get Nathan Fillion and Neil Patrick Harris in the same movie, and it was amazing. Two more opposite people have never appeared on screen together. <laughs> it was very good. One of my favorite scenes, and I think it's also one of your favorite scenes and favorite songs, Ben, is um, A Man's Gotta Do, which is where um, oh, Dr. Yeah. Horrible is stealing, stealing the, the wonderful Wonderflorium um, from the courier, courier van. van. And uh, he's got this, like, little magnet remote control thing on the van, and he's controlling it with his phone. And then um, right as he's, like, stealing it away. A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Don't plan the plan if you can't follow through. All that matters, taking matters into your own hands. Soon I'll control everything. Then Captain Hammer jumps on the van and he's... Just standing a danger in the middle of it, me. Yes, Captain Hammer's here, hair blowing in the breeze. Punches the thing and everything goes crazy and then he like is totally oblivious to the fact that he just sent this car careening down a street full of people it's a, it's a very um it's a very interesting thing throughout the film where a lot of the 
instances of Dr. Horrible causing mayhem that are attributed to him by the in-movie characters are really things that were caused by Captain Hammer. For instance, uh, the van, where the van is completely under control. Yes, he's going to steal stuff out of the back of the van, but he's not going to hurt anyone until Captain Hammer damages the remote device that's controlling the van, which causes it to careen out of control and almost hit somebody. Now, the other thing is Dr. Horrible actually stops the van before it would have hit anyone. I stopped the van. The remote control is in my hand. So there's this whole issue where really Captain Hammer is causing and solving the problems at the same time. So it kind of brings into question whether he's actually a hero or whether it's just people perceive him as a hero. I look at that Captain Hammer as being a precursor in a weird way to a TV show called The Boys, where you have this person who's the hero, but they're vain. They just worry about the PR for themselves. What's in it for them? In this case, he just likes to, um, he wants to get Penny in a certain way because he knows Dr. Horrible is interested in her, doesn't really care about her at all. It's just to him, a one night, possibly two night stand, as he put it. And, all he cares about is himself, which is with the same thing when he stops the van from being robbed or taken away. He doesn't care about any of the collateral damage until the end. And when he does it, he could have saved Penny a lot easier where she wouldn't have been tossed and possibly hurt severely because he had plenty of time. And so he flicks her away and that kind of stuff because it's just... And he has to make sure he looks good for his PR. And the boys, the TV show on Amazon Prime, is similar in that way with a lot of the heroes not really being heroic, but they're portrayed in the media that way because of their deeds and the PR spin. But they take it in a much more darker, darker, darker level. This is this is more of a comedic level, except for the sad scene, which is really, yes, Dr. Horrible brought the weapon, but it was Captain Hammer who did not care about anybody and wanted to actually kill Dr. Horrible, which is against the hero's code. To kill the villain, you know he was going to flat out take him out, and then um, the weapon, of course, was damaged when he was taking it from Doctor Horrible. And then because he didn't, even though Doctor Horrible tried to warn him, he didn't care, and ended up being collateral damage, including the fatality. Yes, and then the media attributes the death to Doctor Horrible, uh, kind of unjustly, but Doc Captain Hammer ends up needing a, like intense therapy after it from the pain that it inflicted on him and not the pain that he inflicted on other people as a result. And throughout it, like throughout the instance in which he's stopping the van, he actually stops a, a time before he starts flirting with Penny and is flirting with another woman that was almost hit by the van. And, used like the same pickup line kind of thing that he did for Penny. So it, was, it's, it makes it seem like instead of actually trying to help people, he's just trying to pick up chicks while looking good and isn't too much of a hero. But Nathan Fillion played him very well. It was, it was very believable that that was the world that they were living in and this is who the character was. And it was very... It was very 
intriguing to see the stark contrast between Billy or Dr. Horrible, who really is primarily about change for the better and changing society so that it's a better place for people to live in versus Captain Hammer, who's this hero that is really more about the money and the fame and getting the girls. I was going to say, Dr. Horrible's idea of making things better is for him to rule the whole thing by himself. So, there, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of perspective. In his mind, yes, he does think he's going to make the world better because he'll be controlling it, ergo like a Dr. Doom character for Marvel. So it's, both of, both of them are not the, the best of characters. I mean, you know, one's Well, one to- is trying to be a supervillain. He's just not pretending that he's a hero. Correct. He's going about it, admitting fully like, oh, I'm a villain. I do bad things. I am horrible. Whereas Captain Hammer is going around like, oh, yeah, I'm a hero. Make statues about me. Sign this building over for me because I asked you to so that you can put the homeless shelter there so that I look good for this girl. And it's very much more dubious in my mind what Captain Hammer is doing versus what Dr. Horrible is doing, even though he is an actual supervillain in this world. But he actually truly does care about Penny, so it's kind of an you know, interesting dynamic. He really loves her. The other one is just using her, and it makes it very obvious that he's just doing it now be spiteful to Dr. Horrible. But Michaela, what do you think? about these different things we're talking about. Do you have something else you want to bring up? No, I, I agree. Um, I agree with what you guys have been saying. You have, have, we're having a good discourse, discussion, so I didn't want to ruin your flow. I have a question. Do you think that Penny would have ended up with Billy if he hadn't gone and done the whole end heist thing where he was going to try and kill Captain Hammer? I think if, so back to before Dr. Horrible Billy was going to steal the Wonderphonium, Penny had walked up to him to ask him to sign this petition to get the building signed over to be the homeless shelter. And so he had the opportunity to either kind of talk and go with her or steal this Wonderphonium. And he chose to go ahead and steal the Wonderphonium but I think if he had instead gone with Penny, then Penny and Captain Hammer never would have met. And I feel like Billy and Penny could have ended up together and his life might have taken a different trajectory um, instead of joining the evil League of Evil. He might have, you know, joined Penny and gone on to like, help the homeless and help make social change through conventional means instead of freeze rays and death rays and horribleness. There was that one really funny scene where when Captain Hammer and Penny, they go on this date and Penny takes him to the homeless shelter where they're doing like a soup meal. And I think Michaela noticed it first, but in the background, you just see Billy in a mustache with a, a very mustache bad on, mustache. 
standing there. He's the guy ladling the soup. But you just see him completely missing the soup bowl and putting it back into the pot. And he's just staring directly at Penny and Captain Hammer the whole time that they're sitting there talking. And it was, and there's like other scenes where he's essentially stalking them on their date, but it was very funny to see like, oh, he's actually going out and volunteering at the homeless shelter just to stalk Penny and Captain Hammer over their weekend date. And I will say that's something I noticed after repeat watching of the movie. Because when we just watched the movie, um, Ben and I, I don't know which one of you, one of you noticed that like the person missed the bowl with the soup ladle. And I was like, oh yeah, that's Billy and a mustache. And you guys were like, wait, what? We had to rewind that. Ben and I were saying at roughly the same time, like he's not putting the soup in the bowl. And and Michaela goes, well, that's Billy. And we're like, what? (laughs) And then she rewound it. And it's just, so... Yes, he was a master of disguise. It wasn't a great <laughs> disguise, but it fooled Ben and I. Told me, it didn't fool Michaela, though. But, of course, Michaela has seen it a few more times than um, I have, at least. It Quite rem- a few more times, I should say. <laughs> it reminded me of all the Arnold Schwarzenegger disguises in Killing Gunther. Where <laughs> it's like every time you see him, he's in a disguise, supposedly, in Killing Gunther. But still, I even think, like, there's the scene... Uh, the pinnacle of the movie is the unveiling of this building or its dedication as a new homeless shelter and the unveiling of the Captain Hammer statue. But leading up to this, you get this whole montage where you see uh, Billy as Dr. Horrible is spending more time setting his plans up Getting hit, developing a new death ray, well, really modifying his stun ray into a death ray and f- adjusting his freeze ray and doing all of this stuff. And as a result, he misses his laundromat day with Penny. And you get a scene where he's in front of his marker board or chalkboard or whatever it was, writing down this formula. And then it flips over and you see Penny's there singing a song about how she kind of thinks Captain Hammer's sort of okay. Uh, But she's brought a bowl of Froyo for Billy and is waiting for him. And like someone else opens the door to the laundromat. She turns and it's not him and how disappointed she is. And it kind of makes you think she's really enjoying spending time with Billy more than she is with Captain Hammer. And then you get to the point later on where Captain Hammer was giving this speech to commemorate the homeless shelter or new homeless shelter building. And he does it in such a kind of arrogant way and talks about their personal life in such a way that it makes her upset. And she's actually leaving the building or starts to leave the building when Dr. Horrible does his attack, but it it was very clear that she had decided, like, I don't really want to be around this person anymore. And it made me think that if she had either already left the building when Dr. Horrible did his attack, or if Billy just hadn't done the attack that day, that she probably would have ended up with Billy over Captain Hammer 
I don't think she was attempting to leave the building. I just think she wanted to get off the stage, and she went to about the middle of the um, the room they were in just to keep the spotlight off of her because he was like, uh, I agree with that. She didn't want to associate with him anymore at that point because I think she was starting to realize how vain and egotistical Captain Hammer yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I don't think, I think you're right. If she would have decided to leave, it would have had a different end outcome for her. But alas, it wasn't meant to be. But I will say this. You guys both talked about some of your songs you like. My favorite song is My Freeze Gun. My Freeze, My freeze Ray. ray. My, freeze ray. My Freeze Ray. I just we'll I love that. Stop the world. It's not a death ray or an ice beam. That's all Johnny Snow. I just think you need time to know that I'm the guy to make it real. The feelings you don't dare to feel. I'll bend the world to our will and we'll make time stand still. But nevertheless, it's very good musical. What is your favorite song in the musical, Michaela? Well, I do really like, um, like I said earlier, Man's Gotta Do, but I also really like, um, isn't it My Eyes? The the duet between Billy and Penny. Yes. Um, I feel like that's a pretty good song. Like, you kind of get where both of their headspaces are at after um, the whole Wonderflonium incident thing. And I listen close to everybody's heart and hear that breaking sound. Hopes and dreams are shattering apart and crashing to the ground. I cannot believe my eyes. How the world's full of growth and lies. But it's plain to see evil inside of me. That's probably my favorite song from the movie movie. Um, my favorite song from commentary of the musical is um, Moist. <laughs> and we all forgot to mention Moist is one of the other, the main supporting character. Yes. Yes. He's um, Simon Helberg. Yes. Who was who stars in, in Big Bang Theory. Yes, as... Uh, was his name Howard in Big Bang Theory? Yeah. I think his name is Howard. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, he he's kind of like Dr. Horrible's like sidekick sort of friend. His like damper, slightly more sweaty version of him. Yeah, he's, isn't he in like the Henchman's Guild? Yes, yes, he's a henchman. Yeah, yeah he's a henchman. But, um really cool he has a really great song in commentary of the musical oh yeah it's good 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 stuff we're not i'm not allowed to sing it or play it at home because my mom got sick of it she did oh yeah yeah when she's not here you got my permission A man so ancillary, my little song is buried, not till the commentary is a voice. Nobody wants to be, yeah. Nobody wants to be, nobody 
to be moist. I think my favorite song is actually probably Captain Hammer's song at the end, Everyone's a Hero. Because he actually, he has this really good message for like part of his speech and then just totally ruins it by talking about himself. Because <laughs> half of the speech is like, everyone's a hero in their own way. And the other half is like, but not as cool as me. And then that kind of ruins it because he's Captain Hammer, but he was like halfway there, halfway to being Superman of that world. Just not, not quite. Um, he couldn't get over himself. Exactly. And my favorite song from the commentary of the musical is probably better than Neil, which is another Nathan Fillion <laughs> song <laughs> where he sings about how much better than Neil he is. And how he has the high score on Ninja Ropes. And we are here to set the record book straight. Actually, my younger brother has the high score on Ninja Ropes. We downloaded the app after wa after watching the movie together like seven years ago. And he set the high score on the server for Ninja Ropes. He's the highest score in the world. Just throwing it out there. Patrick Turek, world record holder. At least at that time. Ninja Ropes. Yeah, I don't think they've checked in years, so somebody else <laughs> could totally have the highest score on Ninja Ropes now. Um, but at one time he was. Yeah, one time. Number one. One time he was, yeah. That's true. It's true. There's actually also a song in Commentary the Musical all about Ninja Ropes. Yes. So if you're, if you're wondering what it is. It's about how the entire cast bonded over Ninja Ropes when they had nothing else to do. Ninja Ropes. song with um bad horse chorus i just love it when these guys pop in it kind of reminds me of babe when when the little mice used to pick in and sing their little chorus stuff in, in the, mu the movie babe and they, they, they sing along and then they move the narrative and it was just like oh except it, it's grown men instead of mice but i mean you know you get the idea <laughs> yep it's the wheaton brothers in cowboy suits Mm-hmm. but considering there was a low budget I mean, it was it was like a couple hundred thousand dollars to do. I think the effects were good. The costuming was excellent. The mm -hmm. um, the sets that they used worked. Everything worked well. And I mean, obviously the cinematography was good, um, considering this was shot inexpensively and quickly. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, you can't really say like I said, the cast is just awesome. Yeah, the cast was extraordinary. Yes, very good, very good. Cool. And oh, another song I liked is um, oh, it's like, is this song that like everybody kind of in the town sings, like the the news anchors, the the stalkers. Oh, oh, the moving <laughs> the people, the groupies. Yeah, the groupies. The so groupies. they say. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they say, um, and you kind of get the the town's perspective on 
Captain Hammer. So they say Captain Hammer's become a crusader. Political, he's cleaning up the streets. About time. And Penny. Penny. They say she works with the homeless and doesn't eat meat. We have a problem with her. Um, and what kind of they're, they're doing and like, it helps to move the plot along and everything. But another thing I like about this is it's, it truly is like a musical because there's more music than speaking in, in the movie. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's more, at least it feels like there's more singing than just talking. There's a, there's a good division of singing to speaking. It's not like they're constantly singing, but they sing in a lot of the scenes and they do have talking scenes. They have enough of each that it makes it work. Yeah, I didn't break it down. I'm not sure if it's 50, 50, 40, 60 or whatever, but it's not like Jesus Christ Superstar where everything is sung. And yeah, it's not yeah, like it's some not other musicals opera. where it's only like 20%. But I think, so I think it's I think it's probably over 50%. I'm not sure. We'd have to break it down. You'd have to break down the numbers. Yeah, and each... Each song pertains to something that's happened. Like, none of the songs are, like, fluff. Like, they're not, like... It's not like Strange Magic, which we talked about before, where some of the songs, it seemed like, were there to have a song, whereas this one, the songs are there because they accurately convey the information that needed to get across and fit the scene. And it's also different from that movie musical in the way that this has significantly more of the movie is music than that one is it also flows a lot more rapidly than that one now this one's also only 42 minutes long or so so it's a much shorter movie but it also has a very fast pace like once they start doing something they do it very quickly it's like I said many times in other episodes that, that you want the movie to last the length it should last, and this one should last forty two minutes. You know, and where if they tried to stretch this into a ninety minute or eighty minute um, feature length type movie, it would show stretch marks and bad things because the, the plot's really not there. This, I mean, you could maybe get it to almost an hour, but to try to stretch it to twice its length would be. I think it would be noticeable. And I think the, the filmmakers that know how much they're trying to do with the, with the plot and everything would suffice, this one works exactly. It, it hits the sweet spot. I always want to leave you wanting more. And everybody always wants more Neil Patrick Harris. Because like I said, I love Neil Patrick Harris. In case you didn't know. Well, also, if I'm not mistaken, this was around when Joss Whedon did the Avenger movies. And was at his kind of peak with the Marvel franchise, if I'm not mistaken, because it was around that 2007 this, to 2008. Yeah, I think and that was kind of like right was, when he was doing his run with Marvel. I don't know. I think Dad's gonna look it up. So it came out a little bit before his stretch with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Avengers movies by just a couple years. So it was kind of like right right around when Joss Whedon was hitting a very good stretch of films for him. I was going to ask, what were there any negatives that you guys had when you were watching it? I don't like movies with sad endings. 
too much. So Michaela's gotten me over one movie with a sad ending by repeat watching it to where I realized the movie's true impact and meaning, and that is Old Yeller, which... Which you're not supposed to watch 30 times in a row. We didn't watch it 30 times in a row. No, but I watched it like 80 to 100 times in one year with her, which is way <laughs> more often. a very often. small child. But you got me through it. Now, it didn't take the 80 for a hundredth time. I mean, after the, the, the first dozen, uh, I was you broke me and remolded <laughs> me. And she didn't even notice because she was just a wee, wee little lass. She's like, after it got done, again, Daddy, let's watch it again. And <laughs> which, which blew my mind because everybody knows what happens in Old Yeller. So, but the thing is, is as I've said in a few interviews now, um, especially with Beverly Washburn, who was in Old Yeller, the movie goes on for 10 to 15 more minutes and it has, it brings the full thing, the closure. And as I said then, and I say again, if you've seen Old Yeller once and you're like, you don't want to watch it again, watch it again and again, and you will start to figure out the true meaning of Old Yeller. It's either that or Michaela has, um, what is it? It's not brainwashed. It's conditioned me or something like that. I think, you know, to where, Old Yeller, it's a it's a great movie. So whatever, it, it was always a great movie, but she's gotten me through that trauma that I had in my youth. Thank you, Michaela, for being a, the person to get me through that without even knowing it when you were like four or five years old. <laughs> I was probably younger than that. Probably right after the Cats craze. Oh, I love Cats. It's a great musical. She, luckily, I, she did not subject <laughs> me to the Cats stuff like she did everybody else. I got Old Yeller. Other people got hit with Cats. Both these people stuck me with Barney, and all I can say is I can still sing some of the songs. Yeah. And and every so often when I'm trying to cheer somebody up at work, I would always say, you know, sing a Barney song, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy, but they start <laughs> to smile, and then they're happy, and I achieved my goal. Because I always tell them, you are special. You're the only one. You're the only one like you. There isn't another in the whole wide world. Who's quite as special as you. Okay, Kaylee, did you have any slight dislikes, amendments you would like to make to the movie? Not really. Um, I really love this movie. It's one of my favorite, probably like musical movies or whatever. A lot of my friends also like this movie. I remember this one time in college. Two of my friends were singing Man's Gotta Do in the green room, and I heard them from when I walked into the theater, and so I ran in. And so one of them was singing Captain Hammer's part, and the other one was singing Penny's part, and I came in just in time to sing Billy's part, and none of us had There was no music play. We were just all doing this from memory, and it was amazing. And Ben? I think... I would have liked the part four that just goes over the aftermath of it where like you see what Billy's going through or what Dr. Horrible is going through in the aftermath of the grief from the end of the movie. Well, you, you kind of do. He, he takes that and yeah, but puts I, it I inside himself like, and becomes truly Dr. Horrible. He truly becomes a member of the Evil League of Evil. I could have used like another five minutes of him going through a downward spiral at the end after that. It was not because he broke, he broke. 
Captain Hammer. Heck, the hammer is in repair, and there's a mental despair. Yeah, but don't have to try to do that one again. <laughs> at the very at the very end, you get the image of him where he looks like none of it was worth it. And I thought you could have used like at least a thirty more second thing of that. I would say, or just like a repeat of his line earlier from at the end of a man's got to do what a man's got to do, where he just goes like balls or something like that. Balls. And then it cuts instead of just seeing him there doing his blog, but without his uniform on anymore or his costume as Dr. Horrible, where it looks like Dr. Horrible's not doing so good. Billy's really in over his head. Well, Penny was really the only normal person in his life, or at least from what we've seen from it. So she was really the good point, the highlight, the thing he could have left being evil for. And without her, he had nothing except being evil, being Dr. Horrible. So he had nothing good to live for anymore. Yeah, but it seemed like he had an extreme amount of guilt over getting into the evil league of evil, but not having her in his life anymore. Like it looked like he had this extreme amount of guilt of, I'm, I was trying to do this so that I could take over the world and make it a better place, but it's not even worth it anymore. If Penny's not going to be in my life. Well, I got that from the end. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. The saying is I felt the whole closure. I felt all that from the last 90 seconds, two minutes that they were showing where they were kind of showing where things were heading in that direction and the way his reaction was and his portrayal. But I can see where other people, everybody, when they watch something, is going to come away with a different thing. Some people are going to want more. I'm satisfied with it, and so is Michaela. But I can see where Ben would want a fourth part or an epilogue um, with it. And that's fine. It, again, it tells me that the filmmakers did a great job when you always want more. He's like, I want that extra five minutes, ten minutes, or an extra um, Dr. Harble's sing-along blog, two. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that's is, is exactly what you're looking for and what you're talking about. I think that means that he did his job. They did their jobs yeah. and he made the stuff. So, I agree with you. Yeah. So... Oh, I would be remiss not to mention all of the Evil League of Evil application videos that people did on YouTube where they came up with their own Dr. Horrible sing-along blog styled supervillain character and then made a YouTube video with their application and like tagged the web series in it or whatever. A lot of them are hysterical. My favorite is the minion. I think, I think overall I recommend this movie. You know, everybody should see it, especially if you like musicals. And if you like Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion, you're going to love it. And Felicia. Yes, I, I also recommend this movie. I recommend this movie to people frequently. And it's like, because it's not a long movie. So if you are having friends over or something and you want, like, something funny and good, but, like, not too long, like, you don't want Lord of the Rings but you want something fun. Well, the Lord of the Rings movies are really long, but they're really good. I never thought of Lord of the Rings as being a party movie. For yeah, you, you kind of lost the analogy. 
I don't think many people put in okay. Lord of the Rings okay. at a party. Okay. okay, okay. If you want something like, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, but not as long. You go I, I understand. Just, just roll, roll with it. Man. Roll with it. I get what she's saying. <laughs> and and there's certain songs that everybody will sing along with and enjoy. Yeah. And, and that kind of, especially when a man's got to do. What a man's got to do. What a man's got to do. Seems destiny ends with me saving you. Anyway, this man's got to recommend this movie. Uh, yes, 10 out of 10 would recommend again. Yes. Excellent. But now we're at the point where we have to decide who's going to be picking next. And we decided to do something as a change up from because some people sometimes will go a long time between picking the movie because the way the dice roll. Mostly me. Um, most I th- suck at rolling dice. This is for Ben. Um, so we are now going to change that part where it's actually going to rotate. So Mikhail is going to be picking this next movie, then Ben, then me, and it'll continue in that cycle for Infinity. Mikhail is going to roll the genre dice to see what genres she has to pick from. And I say genres because the two dice, so she'll get to choose from one of the two, or she can combine the two. So I can either pick a drama or a foreign movie. Or a foreign drama. I know. <laughs> or a drama foreign. Yeah, that doesn't sound this good. No. No, no, it, doesn't. no it doesn't. Then. Um, so. Well, um, that's like right up your alley. <laughs> you do like a lot of foreign movies, particularly from a, certain, from a certain area of the world. Now, yeah, unfortunately, you can't pick a K-drama unless it's a movie. That's okay. I know some. Oh, man. But anyway, this has been a lot of fun, and I hope that you all have enjoyed this episode, and I'm glad that we've gotten back into reviewing movies. Hopefully, the movie that I pick won't take as long for us to review, (laughs) and we'll get it out there in a decent amount of time, I hope. Um, So thank you Good luck with that one. Well, you got to watch it, too. And I want to remind everybody, please leave us feedback at diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com or leave us feedback on our Facebook page so we can get to know what everybody's thinking about the different shows and stuff like that. So, And also give us a thumbs up or a like or whatever at those, whatever podcast server you're getting this podcast from because it does help other people to find the show. The more likes we get. Thank yeah. you. So thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed recording it. And stay tuned to see which movie we'll pick next. I'm still a bit suspicious why they asked me to be in this. And yes, my best guess is my essence. My friends would never consciously exploit somebody's weakness. They say my voice possesses a sweetness. Jed texted me, said commentary's coming. Steve, would you please grace us with a song? I heard the dulcet tones, his hands were strumming. I know it's not this lisp, it's been my talents all along. Steve's song, a showcase of my skills. Steve's song, alive are these hills with Steve's song. Steve's song. Yes, 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 yes. Marissa scoffed at my suggestion. 
Cameron needs a few more sweaters. I still think six best sounds much better. But now I'm super nervous since I'm standing in the studio like Phil Collins singing Susudio. Susudio. And yes, on the horizon there's a sequel with some substantial bits for Mr. Me. It's evidence they see me as an equal. I'm not grouping number 76,606.762359 squared. I'm three. Steve Sun, a maestro on the right. Steve Sun, a nice pleasant surprise is Steve Sun. Steve Sun, Steve Sun, Steve Sun, Steve Sun, Steve Sun. Yes, 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 y